Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. You know that at Level Up Latina, we talk money and we love being able to make good financial moves. So saving money is super important. On Black Friday, you need to check out Level Up Latina to hear all about our Flash Black Friday sale. We're going to be sharing more on social media throughout the week next week. But for sure, visit us at leveluplatina.com or at Level Up Latina on Instagram and Facebook on Friday, Black Friday, November 25th to hear about this sale. Now on to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Level of Latina podcast. Today we have Ana Paola or at Ana Pao Wow, our virtual prima as our guest. Ana Pao is a Spanglish content creator y nos hablará sobre la importancia de hacer contenido in Spanglish, which we love on this podcast. So we're here to learn a little bit about her and her world. Thank you, Ana Pao, for being here. We're so excited to comadrear with you today. Bienvenida. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Good, good, good. good. So we all yeah. were excited. A comadrear, ¿verdad? <laughs> So we always start our typical first question is like, tell us anything you want about your background, your upbringing, anything you want to share about you. Yeah. So like you said, me llamo Ana Paola. Close friends and fam call me Ana Pao, which is why I kept the Ana Pao in my handle. Um, I was born and raised in Sacramento, California, also a Cali girl. Whoop, whoop. Uh, first, <laughs> first gen Mexican-American. I was the first in my family born in the U.S. So a lot of my extended family is still in Mexico. And so I grew up going often. My mom's side is pretty much mostly still in Mexico and in Mexicali. And a few from my dad's side. So Mexicali is where I would usually go to if I were going to Mexico. Uh, but it was really fun growing up and taking those long-ass road trips from Sacramento to Mexicali two or three times a year, hanging out with the tias, the primas, just with everyone. Era un relajo, también con mis hermanas. Nos íbamos en el Greyhound, which wasn't as fun, but, you know, grateful for the experience. Um, oh, mis abuelitos se quedaban con nosotros en Sacramento. And so that was that was the best. They would stay for a while, uh, usually for, you know, at least two months or more. So I loved having them around and I loved having their influence um, as I grew up. And since everyone always asks... Mis papás se conocieron en Mexicali, pero mi mamá es de Sonora y mi papá es de Sinaloa. So, Arriba es Sinaloa. Through and through. At the end of the show, we're like, well, tell us really, really, really everything. Like, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a question I get asked often in my TikTok, so I might as well just say it. But um, so when my, se conocieron en Mexicali, my older sister was born there. And when she was three, they decided to move to the U.S., and then two years later is when I was born. So I grew up only speaking Spanish till I was about five. Cuando empecé el kinder, no entendía ni papa. <laughs> but it was fine, you know, I grew up, or ended up going to first grade, and then that's when I learned English, and, and the rest is history. And so I grew up in a very strict Mexican household and a very religious household, not Catholic. That's what everyone assumes, but... Um, growing up, most of my time was spent doing religious activities, and it was all in Spanish. So my world being split between English and Spanish really started at an early age because my home life and any religious activities were strictly Spanish, and my schooling and friends was all English. So that's where Spanglish was born. But 
Yeah, I think growing up there was a time where I was starting to get a little bratty and I didn't want to speak Spanish anymore. I think it was around middle school and, you know, I just wanted to fit in. And so I told my mom that I wasn't going to speak Spanish anymore. And she was like, haha, yeah, right. And mi casa puro español. And so I'm glad that she stuck to that and forced us, my sisters and I, to only speak Spanish. And thankfully that phase also didn't last long for me. Yeah, so growing up in a strict and religious home definitely made me a bit of a rebel um I, w I am a middle child and was a middle child through and through and so you know the typical like acting out trying to carve my own path feeling misunderstood all of that was very much me and the religion that i grew up in really discouraged pursuing any higher education or any long form um or any sort of education that took a couple years or more and so I knew early on that I wasn't going to college and I was tired of high school tired of the high school BS and I knew that college wasn't an option so I wanted to start working and started to make money and so junior year of my high school I left and I finished school independently so that I could start working and a little bit after that I started dating this kid Escondidas and como todas, to, como todas. Sí. <laughs> I, muy yo, Especially you. I mean, if, re, if religion and Latino culture, like, especially escondidas. Oh, yeah. That's, that's all I thought about. But, yeah, around that time, too, my home life just started getting pretty bad and, and kind of chaotic. So I really wanted to live on my own. But I, at that point, like, I just didn't see a way out. You grow up in a Mexican household where you don't leave until you get married. And so in my head, it was like, okay, I have to get married in order to leave. And I was already dating this kid, escondidas, todo enamoradota, whatever. And so I got married at 18, said deuces, got in trouble. My parents were very upset. And that was kind of the start into adulthood, a very rough start wow. into adulthood. A los 18. Bien casado todos los días. Soy mujer decente, mamá. Ya, yeah, ya me casé. <laughs> I, can, I can make my own decisions now, mom. Dude, I was <laughs> making terrible decisions. Ni sabía limpiar ni cocinar, pero yo bien casado. Ándale. Está bien, pasa. Te la I would have ended up in jail. I think if I was married that young, I would have like super done. Like, well, my, my, my man was in jail. The level of, the level of immaturity coming out of me. Y'all knew me at that age. <laughs> Hi, yeah. such... Anyway, more about you. Yeah. Tell us, feel like there's so much in between or maybe there isn't. Like maybe roll into it as you finish kind of telling us about the next stage after being 18, being married, that changed your life. But down the road, eventually you become a Latina in tech. I mean, that's huge. We know that probably wasn't an easy feat and we admire that story so much. Catch us up. How did that happen? Yeah, so everything sort of happened simultaneously. But I, like I said, I, I started working really young because that was just kind of what I wanted to do and started making money. And so I started uh, working at a call center when I was 17. And at that call center, they ended up implementing Microsoft Dynamics, a, a CRM. And so I was part of the testing team pretty early on. And I just really enjoyed the process of learning just how the software works, testing it, working with the engineers, working with pretty much the entire IT team coming up with different scenarios to try to break it. But at that point, the tech industry was just starting to take off. Um, and it definitely was not what it is now. I mean, this was like, what, 15 years ago, something like that. So it was just something that I enjoyed doing. 
and I never would have imagined that it would have become an entire industry. But all I knew is that I liked the process and that it would get me off the phones because I hated talking to todos los enojones que llamaban. And I stayed with that same company for nine years. So throughout the course of my time there, I worked my way up. I worked in, um, I became a supervisor. Then I worked in quality assurance and ended up in project management. But I always ended up being part of implementation teams or testing teams. And at one point, I even ended up implementing Salesforce and creating dashboards to assist the projects that we were working on and I would train the customer service reps on how to use the the CRM and how to have it integrate with all of our different systems and I just I really truly loved it and so at that point nine you know nine years had passed so the tech industry had boomed a bit but I was living in Sacramento there really weren't tech jobs around and I didn't want to commute to San Francisco which was something that people were doing but it was pretty much four hours of your day if you were going there and back to try to work there and remote work wasn't as prevalent as, as it was now so I just I didn't want to do it but I knew eventually that it was the industry that I wanted to end up in and so I left my career my my position with that company that I had been with for nine years and that's when I started pursuing videography full-time and try to start my own business and try to do a bit more marketing and I had, I, at that point, independently, I also did a CRM implementation for a property management company in Sacramento. So it was kind of a blend of everything, like a full service, half tech, half marketing, half videography. I don't like, think I'll do your quinceañeras and your real estate, si quieren, you know, <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> a little bit of everything. Bring your tias, bring your tias, it'll be a family affair. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I learned so much in the process and I I liked it, but I just, I was not ready. I had not worked through any of like my financial trauma and, and I didn't know how to manage money. I didn't know how to advocate for myself. I didn't know, I didn't like asking people to pay me for these things, even though I knew that I was dedicating time to whatever service it was that they were requesting. So that didn't quite take off in the way that I had intended. And so after a year, I had to go back into work and so I ended up working or finding a job as a as an analyst for the state of California in the behavioral health space and right away I was like what is this the state is like 10 years behind in everything and I was just I, I hated it like I hated the job but I again like didn't see another way out didn't see an option I didn't have a bachelor's degree and so I tried my best to implement tech into the government space. And I was the person that like took on creating the SharePoint websites and managing SharePoint and trying, trying to automize as much as I could. And even leading like the, um, at least one day a week to be able to work remotely. And I had to onboard every single person. And there were some people that had been there for years who barely even knew how to open a Word document. So it was seeing all the different levels and of how comfortable some people are with tech and how uncomfortable, um, uncomfortable some people are with tech was very eye-opening, but that just solidified even more so that I wanted to be around people that were tech savvy, that enjoyed that space. And so when I, I, I did that job for about three years and when I decided to move to New York, 
obviously I knew that I couldn't keep working for California and I quit and so when I pursued whatever my next role was going to be I knew that I wanted it to be in tech in, a, in the tech industry but I just didn't know how I was going to get in and so I went off and I sat at Madison Square Park with my little notebook and I pretty much mapped out like what I wanted my day to feel like what I wanted my manager to be like what kind of team I wanted to be on and and even the the salary amount that I wanted that I knew I needed in order to make my life in New York City work and so I was like super intentional with everything that I was writing down I thought about it and I still have that that paper somewhere and so I set off on my like pursuit to find a new job applied to so many different positions like even Meta and Google and all these jobs that I I knew that I probably would never get but I saw one that was posted by a kid or a, a, a guy now that <laughs> had previously worked with me I was his supervisor in the call center and he was now a recruiting manager for this this tech company that I now work for and so he had posted it and so I reached out and I was like hey what is this it sounds interesting this was for an implementation consultant role so I would have onboarded new customers into the the platform totally did not know what I was doing I did not get that job and he was like you might be a better fit for this position and it was in um, learning and development and so I applied for that position went through like four or five rounds of interviews didn't get it was super devastated about it and then a couple weeks or maybe a month later he reached back out and he was like hey there's this position in sales enablement you might be a better fit for that try to go through the process and see what that's like and right away like the the manager that I have now who interviewed me loved him got got along with him right away and I was like I don't care if this isn't even the job that is my end goal but I need to be on this team this aligns totally with the list that I had developed and thankfully yeah, I got the position and so I'm a non-tech tech girly now <laughs> um, in sales enablement for an Australian based um, app basically and I, I love it and so um, I knew that I had to get my foot in the door somehow, so I started off as a coordinator and have since been promoted to a senior manager. I got oh, promoted yeah. about three weeks ago, and so that's been, yeah, my, my pivot into tech. I have to say, like, that's going to be our tip of the day. In these episodes, we always do a tip of the day. I love how you went for it. Like, not only with this position where, you know, you had to rework it, you had to take that month, you had to figure it out, and it worked, but you did it. But also you said, Meta, Google, it doesn't matter. Like, go for it. And I think that's such a, I mean, obviously, you moved to New York from Sacramento. You're a girl that can go for it. But to apply, to try, to get rejection, to learn through that rejection, or kind of continue to pivot, like, that's the tip of the day go for it, go for it. Do it. Even when you don't feel ready, you did it. And I think that's a powerful tip of the day. I'll let Ceci pick up with the next question. Yeah, this is perfect segue to, you know, what I, we wanted to ask you and talk about like your life in New York. And for this part, feel free to like share as much and as little as you want. Um, I think we find you so relatable. Nos estamos mandando mensajes like in our little group chat, like with your new stories and like, you know, it cracks us up. Um, I love how you're so authentic, you know, y te vale, and you're like, déjenme en paz, you know, you always say that. I love that. Y me tiene riéndome como loca, and then I'll share it with Irene and Vero, you know, igual nos Mexicanasa, we love that. Yes. Super. <laughs> <laughs> en Nueva York, pero pues, ¿cuánto hace que te fuiste a Nueva York? Like a year or un poquito más? Un año y medio. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, props to you because I know it's probably was a challenge, you know, 
coming going from Cali to uh, Nueva York, pero cuéntanos, I know I know in, in your stories you've been pretty um, you know, open about like, you know, getting your divorce and um thank you for sharing that because I know que nuestra cultura like no se habla de eso, como crees, you know, it's very very taboo. So, como te digo, como como, you know, compártenos, I guess, como como decidiste um, you know, that you were going to be sharing, you know, things about your divorce and then now, you know, you have a new relationship. So, platícanos un poquito de eso eh, ahorita que estás viviendo en Nueva York, que esta nueva vida. El chisme. Like, I know. We're like, girl, we're like, 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 we're It's been long enough. Um, and it's important, you know, other people are probably dealing yeah. with it too and can't see a way out. But so, yeah, I got married at 18, divorced at 22. Uh, we really were just so young and so toxic for each other. I knew pretty much after two months that it wasn't going to work. But I didn't want to prove people right. So, yo, terca necia y aferrada de que sí. <laughs> no, mami, I'm, still, I'm still doing that 20 years later this shit is gonna work <laughs> yeah. oh shit and yeah I mean everyone had told us that we were that we weren't going to make it we were just too young the odds were against us you know blah 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 and he had a really rough childhood and was definitely looking for a mom and not a wife and I did not know how to deal with it and at that age or at least the person that I was it was I would romanticize struggle and romanticize, you know, people with dark pasts. And I, I don't know, I would just completely fell into that, that mindset. And as I got older and just matured a bit, I just wanted so much more for my life. I wanted to travel. I wanted to try new things. I wanted to live this big, exciting life. And I remember daydreaming one day at work and being like, Hmm, I wonder who I'm going to marry and just snap the fuck out of it and be, oh, can I cuss on here? Yes. Yes, fuck <laughs> And <yes>. be, <laughs> okay. And I was like, wait, perra, ya estás casada. Despierta. That's going to be the hashtag sí. for this episode. Perra, ya estás casada. And so that just kind of led into this, this, I don't know. I, I feel like I opened the can of worms in myself of like, wait, what am I doing? What is this? And I knew that I had to end it. And around that time is when I also became a personal trainer. And so I was working out a ton. I felt so strong. I was so high off of life. And I was around all of these amazing women who were a lot older than me. And so some were single, some were married, but they all just, I don't know, they, they just showed this strength and this this tenacity that I just had never experienced or I had never been around. Like you just don't, you didn't really see that, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And so that seeing that and, and knowing their stories really gave me the strength that I needed to know that I would be okay alone. And so when I walked away, it was really tough, but, and not just because of my Mexican family and because of all of it being taboo and not really even having anyone that had ever been divorced before to kind of, talk to you about it, but because when I walked away from, when I ended the marriage, I also walked away from the religion that I grew up with. And so 
that was that meant walking away from everything that I had ever known, the community that I had, and that was really the only community that I had um, that I was exposed to. And so I had to start over completely. And so I got my own apartment in Midtown. It was the saddest period of time in my life, but also the most exciting and like the most liberating and fun. And I just met all kinds of different people and tried all kinds of different things. I just promised myself that I would prioritize travel and that I would just set off and, and have the life that I always dreamt of having. And so I kind of just kept that in mind and yeah, and any person that I would meet, I would I would start to share my story once we got a little bit closer. And so my now fiance was one of those people. And so You're engaged. when we met Ooh, I'm engaged. I'm a COVID yeah. bride. Wow. Felicidades. Gracias, gracias. Yeah, we were supposed to get married September 19th of 2020, and we had to cancel the wedding, oh. so. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay, because then we moved to New York, so it worked out. That's true. That's true. Ya tienen una nueva vida. Este, props to you because, uh, you know, it, it, fue un cambio drástico, parece, you know? Estás viviendo en una nueva ciudad, like super, cosmo, ¿cómo se dice? Cosmetal. ¿Cómo se dice en español? Cosmopol like, Ay, no sé. Cosmopolita. Cosmopolitano. Cosmopolitano. Sí. Me, yeah, Ajá, look at me trying to be Spanglish. No puedo. Pero, uh, anyway. Uh, pero, qué padre. Like, you, yeah, se me trabó la lengua. Uh, pero, you manifested it. Like, I love your story. De que te sentaste allí and you mapped it all out. And, and you're living it. You know, you're living, living proof. Um, one of the, un chismecito que me contó Vero was de que te llevaste a tu fiancé uh, a, a México de vacaciones. Um, ¿Cómo? ¿Él había ido? ¿Cómo, cómo, ¿Cómo estuvo esas vacaciones con tu, con tu now fiancé? Yeah, he's been a few times now and he loves oh. it. Pero cuando llegamos la primera vez, um, he had learned, I would teach him random Spanish words and one of them was pantufla. And he was like, ah, that's such a funny word. Oh my God. Ah. <laughs> I love and so he loved saying it. And when I, I showed up to Mexico, I told my family, like, I, or I told him, like, tell him what you learned. And he just said, pantufla, all excited. And they were dying laughing. They thought it was the <laughs> cutest thing ever. So then they just started calling him primo pantufla. Y el pantufla, I love that. Ah, saludan el pantufla. So everything, that's how they, that's what they call it. So it's all about, even if you can't communicate the, the language, like, it's all about the energy you're putting out and the, like the excitement that you share when you do meet new people and so right away he was just all about it he he loves going to mexico he loves being around my family and there's a f i mean a, a bunch of them do speak english so he's not just like sitting in the corner not saying anything <laughs> repeating pantumpla nothing <laughs> <else. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over <laughs> yeah yeah, we had to ask, we had to ask because como buenas, um, buenas tías, bueno, más bien seríamos como tus primas mayores. Primas, no, no. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Sí. Primas mayores, no, tías todavía no. Somos las mujeronas <laughs> no, sabias, no. pues aquí que decías tú, ay, es, es, es mm, me, me inspiran. Yeah. No, no. Sí, <laughs> las que me enseñan todo. Sí, no le digas a nadie. Las que te dicen perra, ya estás casada. <laughs> <laughs> también. Eso. Eso las que, que me que pueden no. regañar. Uh -huh. Ándale, ándale, ándale. Um, no, I think those, that's it for my questions uh, uh, that, you know, que queríamos saber un poquito de tu vida en Nueva York. So I'll let Vero take it away with her questions. No, I, I mean, yo estoy encantada contigo, Ana Pau. Me encanta todo, like, the Spanglish. It's just so, like, authentic. And you're just like, ah, you know, me vale, les voy a contar todo, you know. 
And I'm sure there's parts of your life that you're like, eh, eso me lo guardo para después. Pero what you put out is very relatable. I, we love it. You know, este, I love that you're just like, you know, a ver cómo me va. And you go for it. You've been going for it. You know, it's really hard for us to leave the communities that we come from. It's hard to break away from traditions. It's hard to do all that. So congratulations on doing that. And for being brave. Like that courage. There's a difference being, in having courage and being brave. And and it's it's doing things with, even if you have fear, right? If not knowing and, and the unknown being so like unknown. And you're like, am I sure that I want to do this? So... <clears throat> I, when you said perras, it really took me back to my family. I have family in San Luis, Colorado. And we're from Sinaloa. So eso de perras, it's always like, pero que clase de perra, perra, perra. Or like, you know, it's, it's like we get into conversations about that. So, I mean, we're, that's why I'm like, she's so relatable. She's like my cousin. Different levels. La prima que mantiene joven. Yeah, sí. different levels of perra. Perra, pues. <laughs> y este, so, yeah. So, we want to talk about those videos and, you know, like, how important is it for you to create these, this content in Spanglish? And how, like, I know it's, I'm not sure when exactly you started doing it on TikTok. Um, and then how did that start? And then how were you surprised when your content just like, boom, took off? If you were even surprised, because your content's good, so. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's really sweet. I appreciate it. And I'm glad that you find it relatable, because, you know, when I post it, I never really know how a video is going to go. But it seems to have... The algorithm is working in my favor. That's that's what I'll say. But yeah, so I, I moved to New York in June of 2021. And I had all this extra time on my hands because I didn't really have friends or much to do. And so I started recording, started creating videos, posted on TikTok in Spanglish because I had noticed that the day in the life video that I was seeing on this new algorithm now that I had access to because I was in New York, it was all these like little huerita girls, hijas de papi, with, it seemed like they didn't even have a job, but you know, going to eat at all these different places, and it was a very like typical voice used to talk about their day in the life, and I'm like, esa no soy yo. Ya vengo de rancho, So, and when I talk with my primas, I, it's like, chatting with all of you you know we we go in between spanish and english and laugh and cheese miamos and whatever and so the people that i was mostly in contact with were my primas and so i created a day in the life video posted it in spanglish because that's how i talk to my primas and that's how i think usually in spanish and i honestly didn't create this content with the intention of like representing spanglish speakers and being this whole thing but when i posted it I started getting messages of like, oh my God, I finally found someone that sounds like me and that is relatable and that thinks like me. I was always told that this was wrong or I've always have been so insecure about mixing it because I don't want to come off as like uneducated or whatever, unprofessional. And I was just like, why? Like, this is how we think. Why should we hide? And I was also told those things too growing up. And so I didn't realize that it would become an empowerment <laughs> sort of thing to post to post videos in Spanish and to share different things and um yeah thankfully I had my primas who I would send the con the the videos to and they'd be like ah keep posting this is hilarious and it's such a good way to keep in touch with you and to see what you're actually up to and so they were really my motivation to keep going until I started getting those messages from others uh just telling me that they 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 finally felt so seen and that it also encouraged them to create content in Spanglish that 
they felt they they needed to exist and so yeah it was an unintentional blessing I would say that's so funny that you say like we think like that so we post like that like I never really even thought about that but yeah I do think in Spanish a lot more than I'm actually thinking in English and in my head it's like in Spanish and I'm talking English and I work with this girl that we we speak Spanish to each other all the time but we had this person that we had contracted with that kept making these mistakes and we're just talking about her talking about her and I'm like I just keep thinking pinche vieja mensa that's what I was thinking <laughs> I just told her that and I'm like god that's so mean this poor lady but I'm like that's what I was thinking in my head it's a pinche like, I had to keep fixing her mistakes. And one day I found like a $120,000 accounting error. But I love that my staff member did not judge me. And then she started with like her, I think in Spanish, like put downs. Come on, you know, you know. Se siente, se siente mejor. Tiene sabor. Where's the flavor at? Sí, con sabor, andale, con sabor. No, but that's good. I mean, sometimes we just put it out there. I think you've, in any way, you've always been, it seems like very intentional with your stuff, right? Even at a young age when you're like, well, if this is going to get me out of the house, let me, what is going to help me? You, you've, in a sense, put it out there, right? Like slowly but surely, you're like, well, I don't want to do this, so I want to go towards this. So you've manifested it in a sense, right? You wrote it down, you stuck to it, you went with what felt right for you, hence why you're where you're at now. So like, you know, even with the content that you're providing and just living your life, like the life that you want to live. I feel that as, you know, you said you're the first one to be born of your siblings aquí in, in the States. And obviously, Mexicali being like a border town, like I, there's there's this kind of like mixture of los dos, las dos culturas, pero aún eres más mexicanota que lo que eres, you know, americana, ¿no? O te sientes norteñita. But it's like the blend is perfect because we just, we need to allow ourselves to be who we are. And obviously, in the last couple of years, you know, with, with who we had in office as a president, it was kind of like a, oh, it's an it's you kind of should be embarrassed of where you come from people like I was more embarrassed to say that, oh, yeah, I live in the States. I mean, <laughs> instead of saying, like, I'm never embarrassed of being, you know, first generation Mexican-American. So I love that your content, you went for it. You've been so intentional with it. And. I know that one of our, like, our signature question siempre es esto. Además, es bien jovencita para preguntarte, pero la prima nos vas a decir, que nos tienes que decir. Este, what would you, like, the, our signature question is, like, what um, advice or words of wisdom would you share with your 25-year-old self, Ana Pau? Primero, que quede grabado que me dijeron jovencita. Ah, <laughs> eso sí. Yeah, that's a that's a really great question, and I also want to go back to what you mentioned of of you know the, the constant comment of ni de aquí ni de allá, and that just that feeling. And with Spanglish, I think now that I've I've had a little bit more time to sit and reflect on like why Spanglish content is so important, and I think it's because since we do think in English and Spanish, and we were often told that it was wrong to mix them, which I think made us also internalize the feeling that it was wrong to even exist as we were because we didn't fit into these English only worlds or these Spanish only worlds and we were both and we are both so why do we have to pick one or the other why do we have to hide and so when I realized that there really wasn't content in Spanglish or at least not much that I had seen at the time thankfully there's a lot more now but Uh, when there are so many of us all over the world, I was like, okay, we have to keep doing this. We have to keep just showing up as who we are without having to 
kind of whittled down to fit into one specific category. So now we've just created our own category. We've created our, our own world and, and it's thankfully taking off and it's, it's being represented a bit more. And so along with that, with the question of what I would, the wisdom that I would share with my 25 year old self is, I would say it one day it would all just make sense. I think if you feel called to do something and it's something you can't stop thinking about, but it doesn't really make sense, do it. Even if it's challenging, even if you don't understand why, just go for it. Like you said earlier, just go for it. Someday it's going to make sense. Someday you'll realize it was all leading up to something even bigger than yourself. And so just stick to that intuition and, and trust that whatever you feel drawn to is what you should be doing. Of course, as long as it's not hurting anyone else. Porque ya sé cómo son. Bien perras, ¿verdad? Yeah. No, sí. pero no, es that it's true. That's beautiful. That's beautifully said for such a young woman like yourself. Muchas gracias. Ay, otra vez. Joven, como una joven como tan madura. Niña chiquita. Una, una pequeñita. Um, yeah, but the, the, one day it would all make sense. So everyone that's listening, we've had a great tip of the day de, de, que, nos, que nos compartió Ana Pao, que lo puso en buenas palabras también Irene, de que we, yeah, you know, like, it's it's really putting yourself out there, going for it big, you know, go big or go home en ese sentido, right? And one day it would all make sense. So, like, listen to your to your intuition. Your pancita tells you something, you know? Like, that's why you have a little pudgy there, because tiene, es sabia, es sabia la pancita. Llena de amor. Llena de amor, sí. Y de pan dulce. De todo. <laughs> <laughs> Yo del pan dulce, girl, ahorita tengo mi mamá aquí. My mom is like amazing, right? ¿Trae el pan, va? No, me dice, ay, Vero, ya trajiste pan otra vez. Pero me dice, no comas tanto oh. pan, Vero, no comas tanto pan. Y yo, ay, ok, mom, no tanto. I see her eating it. So I'm like, no, que no tanto pan, Vero, pero ahí andas, Josefina. <laughs> But, sorry, my lawnmower oh, yeah. guy. I want to ask, I want to ask Ana Pao something Go for about it. one of the posts that I saw recently, que te subiste a un, like, uh, no sé cómo, le, I forget cómo le dicen allá los, uh, la, los dominicanos en los puertorriqueños, but the bus, basically, que te subiste en la ah, mañana. Ah, la, la chiva. La Ajá. chiva, yeah. Sí. Que te tell subiste. Us, tell us, what yeah, tell us about that. That looks amazing, and it was before your workday started, right? Yeah, so there's a, a hair care company that started out in New York City, but um, it's a... Latinx owned company and it's all about celebrating the heritage and so the founder her name's Baba Rivera she's amazing she's a Swedish born or maybe she was born in Chile I'm not sure but her family is is from Chile and so she was raised in Sweden came to New York and started this hair care because growing up in Sweden she you know would try to assimilate and hide her identity and you know, tried to be white as much as she could. And now it's like, no, why are we doing that? I want to celebrate what I'm about. And so she started this hair care company and just throws these amazing events and brings all of like Latina creators around New York City to party and to do all kinds of different things and to celebrate like different parts of Latin America. And I think the Chiva is mostly from Colombia, but I could be wrong. And so this bus arrives And there's a lot of Colombians that live in New York City, so there were there were a lot of Colombianas there and, and Colombianos. And they were just like, ay, la chiva, la chiva. And I'm like, what the hell is a chiva? And then the bus just said, chivamos. And so we all get on, and then I learned that it's like oh, this whole okay. thing. It's a party bus, but it it it's, yeah, it's like a very colorful party bus that's, that's used in Colombia. And it was 
10 in the morning, 9.30 in the morning, something like that. And so we're all sober, by the way. Like, she's <laughs> she's handing out um, little uh, drinks, but it's it's just, like, sparkling water. And so we get on this bus, and there's a DJ, and they're playing reggaeton, and the bus is to get us to the Sephora in Times Square, which is where the product had launched. So, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was fun just... People from all over Latin America just in this bus celebrating a Latin-owned hair company. So that was, Our uh, that was listeners have to Google it. Like, you're going to really appreciate this when you Google La Chiva Bus and you see what they're like and how colorful they are and just picture the music. Like, good for you. That's beautiful. I love that y'all were representing Latino yes. America, like, throughout New York and showing up at Sephora. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give us our yeah. hair products. Tenemos el frizz. For real. Yeah. Check out Ceremonia. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's really cool. Because when you say Puerto Rico, I thought you, you meant uh, in Cuba, they call it guagua. Do they call it the guagua también in... Um, in Puerto Rico. Ajá, en Puerto Rico, en creo que todo en el Caribe le dicen guau. Ándale. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, when I was in Cuba, my, my, my Cuban boyfriend and I, because I was there five days, but you know, we all get a boyfriend cuando recién llegas, you know? Claro que sí. O no, o no. I'm just checking, just checking, you know? Aunque estés casada, te encuentras que no, pero no más quiero asegurarme que les tocó a mí. Se hacen ojitos y con eso. Y todos agarran, dicen los tiros. We all get the same package. I just want to make sure. Um, pero me dice, la goya, hacia, el guagua, el guagua. Y la goya, ¿qué es eso? Entonces, like, pues el, el, eh, eso, el, ¿cómo le dicen en México el, el camión? Y la goya, ¿pero por qué le dicen guagua? ¿Por qué le hacen guagua, 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 guagua? I had no idea. Sí. El, el motor. Es por yeah, el like, motor. El guagua. I was like, oh, shit. Well, at least that's what he explained to me, my boyfriend there. So don't judge me, guys, okay? Um, Cuando yo vivía en el Caribe, I went to study abroad in Barbados. We had these two, I don't remember what we called them, pero se repletaban, repletaban, repletaban. I mean, like, deathly. And they would go so fast. Even recio, recio. Like, you knew, like, it was like, oh, every time we got on it, it was like life or death. Um, once my roommate was like, I got to get out. I got to get out. It's too much. Like, she felt claustrophobic. La gente y la música. And they loved at that time. And ese tiempo was like early 2000s. Freaking Eminem and 50 Cent. And Rihanna was just popping. And she's from Barbados. She's Bayesian. So La Musica was like blaring. And it's like Eminem and 50 Cent. And I remember just thinking, this is so beautiful. I love this. And I have like this white girl roommate who's like, I'm going to pass out in La Wawa, whatever we called it. It would get so full, guys. Because the guy, they're like, because somebody's there charging. There's a guy driving and a guy charging. The guy charging se colgaba. Like he'd get out of the way. He, said, he was like half out this damn thing to like fit another person <laughs> yes. where he would stand. Like, it was wild, but I love that. Like, you only understand that if you're in one of these countries, the flavor, the vibe, the unsafety of it all. Girl, no, yo, yo se, me, se me pasa la bajada. En vez de decir, baja, welcome to the candy shop. Me quedo ahí todo el rato. Forget it, okay? <laughs> the music, se me va. and inside, they were decorated full of rap artists. I mean, they love their rap. So inside, it was like an omen to 50 Cent or an omen to Eminem or an omen to Rihanna. Like, good times. I'm, I'm used to the ones in Mexico it. with the Virgen de Guadalupe and then the, the exactly. en Culiacán, they play their corridos. So you know how that goes. Like it's always like, no, I, I feel too. Me siento bien mujerona, bien chingona. Ahorita no me bajo, no voy a trabajar. Se quedan, se chingan, you know. <laughs> so anyway, to wrap it all up, thank you so much, Ana Pao. We've had uh, such a good time having you on here. I love your story. We love your story. We wanted to make sure we shared it. It's very inspiring to the to the mujeres listening. You know, echenle ganas. Like anime say, if you feel that something's right for you, go for it. Don't limit yourself. It's uh, enough of the self sabotage. Enough of just you know, keeping up with what everyone expects of us. But it's hard being a first-gen daughter and trying to, you know, have this bicultural life. Um, but it's also good to lead by example and, and teach our younger ones, our primitas, our sobrinas, and that it's okay to make decisions that are good for you, not just for everyone else. So thank you so much, Ana Pau. I have put Ana Power aquí because I'm like, power to you. 
Um, me encanta. Oh, I was I like, oh my gosh, she's like Anna Power. I'm telling you, we were like totally girl crushing, like fangirling over you. And um, you should make sure it's que digan así. Sí. Yeah, that's a great yeah, idea. I'll it. give you 10%. Anna Power. Ya sabes. But yeah, so thank you so much. And if everyone, if you enjoyed, the, my baby's already shouting over there, Ana, Ana Paula. Um, no. But thank you for joining us. And if anyone wants to continue the conversations or has any questions or want to, you know, ask away, you can always contact us. Our emails admin at levelablatina.com. You can find all about us um, also on levelablatina.com, which is our website. And Ana Paula, you want to share where they can find you and you can share your stories and get to know you a little bit. Yeah, so I'm Ana Pawa, so N-A, or sorry, A-N-A-P-A-O-W-O-W on TikTok and Instagram, hopefully YouTube soon. And you can also email me at anapawa at gmail.com. I try to respond. I'm not that good. I get a, a bit overwhelmed, as you all know. But yeah, I would love to hear your stories. I would love to share more information with any of you if you have questions, if you want to choose me out, charla, lo que sea. Gracias. Gracias. Y cuando vayamos a Nueva York, te, te vamos a buscar. Te mandamos una chiva. Ahí nos encuentras una chiva. Que sea camión. Nomás las cuatro. No los tres animales. Las cuatro. Y el la tequilita. Ahí nos estás diciendo. Trae la tequilita. There's that drink that you were drinking. Thank you so much for having me. Ya me se me antojó. Ana Pau, she was having this drink. She's like, ay. Oh, el carajillo. Este carajillo. Ándale. Ay, sí, está bien rico. Fíjate que en México, ahora que fuimos a la Ciudad de México, en el restaurante ese Contramar o Entremar, they were drinking it, and I saw it, and I was like, ¿Qué será, Mike? You know, y se me antojó, pero I didn't order it, whatever, you know. And then cuando vi a Napao, I was like, oh, that was the drink que se estaban tomando. Because it was like, después de la cena, con el postre, uh -huh. and all that, so. Sí. Looks delicious. Maura wants some now. She wants carajillo with some chichi. Come on, there, or come on up. Yeah, yeah come on up. Yeah. Thank you so much. Gracias yeah. por estar Thank aquí. you so much, Anapao. Te cuidas. Keep sharing. Thank you so much. And we are awesome.